Hello, everybody. Uh, this is the second episode of Bright Marketer. For the next uh, few episodes, I will focus on expat marketers that, like me, live abroad, whatever abroad means for them. In this episode, we welcome Gustavo. And even if I already said your name, uh, can you please tell our listeners how do you pronounce your, your name and how people actually call you? So... Hi, everybody. My name is uh, Gustavo. The short version in, in Brazil would be Gu, but when, when I moved to Argentina, people started calling me uh, Gus, and I just kept that translation for when I moved to Europe. So I just made the, you know, the English accent version of it, so I became Gus. I thought it was, you know, this is short enough, less uh, space for confusion and, you know, easy for everybody to pronounce, I guess. Uh, can you tell our listeners a bit about us? We have a few questions, but just give you give us uh, an overview about who you are, what you do, and everything. Yeah, sure. So I've been doing SEO for I think almost ten years now, and I I worked uh, in house. And actually, so for, first of all, I'm from uh, Brazil, but I actually started doing SEO in Argentina, and so from there I moved to Poland, kept doing SEO there. And a few years after I moved to Ireland and that's where we are. So I've been working in-house for the first half of my career, then did another around five years and in the agency side in Ireland. And now in a, in a few days, probably by the time that you guys listen to this, I'll be back in-house, the SEO lead at Teamwork. Thank you. Let's get on. As I think this question are quite connected, I'll ask them together. What brought you to move from Brazil uh, to Argentina, then Poland, Netherlands, and finally Ireland, where you live at the moment? Sure. So I think for me, I was just, I just wanted to leave somewhere else for a little bit. My initial plan was, let's go to Argentina for, for a few months. I had money to stay three months in Buenos Aires. I had budget my, my school and the accommodation, some costs. So was, for me, it was, you know, if I only do three months, I know I can learn Spanish in, in that period or enough to feel that I had a, an experience abroad and then come back home with a new skill, you know, new, knowing a new language. So that was my initial plan. Of course, I wanted to stay longer, but I had a, as a goal, you know, if I have to come back after three months, I, I fulfilled that experience and, you know, I'll come back home and, and everything's going to be fine. But things worked quite well. It, it's one of those things that, you know, once you think back and you're like, if I, if I hadn't been in this place or that place, everything would have been different. So my story in Buenos Aires is I started studying Spanish. I made a lot of friends in the school. But everybody was leaving. So every week there was, you know, someone from Switzerland, someone from Brazil, someone from Italy that were just uh, learning uh, Spanish for a few weeks or a few months and they would leave. So every, every other week there was a goodbye dinner. And there was one that I was quite broke. So I kind of didn't want to go. But there were, I think, only three people left in the group. And I thought, you know, it would be, it would be very sad if I don't show up and it's just only two people. Um, so in that dinner... I started talking with uh, with this girl and she was doing an internship in the school, in the Spanish school. So I asked her, ask them if you know, you know, if they have any other jobs or anything going on there. So at that time uh, they had it and I got, I got a job at, at the Spanish school, I was studying for free, working for free. And that was the first time I heard about SEO. My boss at the time was a Dutch guy uh, who was in Argentina doing his master's and we became friends. We kept talking about SEO and he had some friends visiting at some point from, from Amsterdam. And 
this friend of, of him turned out to become my boss around maybe a year later. Um, so at some point he, he was just, I literally remember looking at my luggage. I was going to, to Brazil on holidays and I see a message from him, Jasha. And he just sent me a message saying, hey, Michiel is looking for a Brazilian to work with him in Amsterdam. Are you interested? Um, so he kind of just, you know, just stumbled upon that uh, the opportunity and, and moved countries again. Wasn't really a plan, wasn't really a goal. The opportunity just, just appeared in front of me. So that's what I did. So um, I stayed there for around uh, three and a half years in Amsterdam working at Pokey. But at some point I got bored of doing mostly link building and, you know, I wanted to try other things. It was reading a lot about SEO and I, I could see a lot of things from the, um, the business per perspective going really well in the company, but I also wanted to be more hands-on on, you know, technical SEO and crawling and, you know, understanding all of this world that I, I would just read about it and have the theory, but wouldn't actually have a chance uh, to do it myself on, you know, on a, on a real environment. And so that's why I decided to leave that, you know, decided to leave Pokey and move to Dublin with no job, but I wanted to work for an agency after all of these years in house. And I was uh, fortunate enough to you know, get a few opportunities. Uh, I started working at Core Media and after a year and a half, I went to Wolfgang Digital. And after five years in the agency world, which I think everybody that works in an agency can relate to, that can be really, really stressful. You know, you have tons of clients and a big team to, to deal with all the time and people who want completely different things every day and I decided to move back to in-house which at least in theory in my head will be still very challenging and exciting but there will be a little less stress in terms of you know yeah. uh, a client leaving at any time or you know things like that. So basically a very serendipity experience just random meeting that brought to other <clears throat> Sorry, to other people, to your boss and, and Netherlands and so on. You have also a background in journalism and you you started with SEO that is very connected, but is more technical probably. What, how did it happen uh, that you uh, lacked more the technical side, let's say? How did you move? Did you probably work in journalism and then SEO or it was a starting point of your career? No. So I actually worked a few years in, in big newsrooms in, in Brazil. I did. My, my dream was to be a, a music journalist. So that's the direction I, I, I always try to go. My, my thesis from university was a book I published, went on, on MTV and a few other places to talk about it. I had a blog on MTV or MTV Brazil and all the other, you know, big newsrooms that I worked and big, big I mean, three, 400 journalists. I always, even though I was writing about different things, I always found an opportunity to do some unpaid freelance in, in the music area. So I would always go to the music editor and say, hey, if you're looking for anybody to, to help here, you know, I'm, I'm your man, I can help you here. Or I, I would come with the ideas for stories or concerts that I, I wanted to write, you know, a, a story about or people that I wanted to interview. So I was always pitching my own stories basically and working for free. But, you know, I thought this was be the, would be the direction for me. So I didn't actually 
Uh, I never actually was a, you know, a full-time music journalist, but it at least fulfilled uh, that need for me to be part of that scene and, you know, interview artists that are, that are really liked it and, and stuff like that. So have a taste of the, what that life would be. The move to SEO, it was a bit random. I, I think as mo most people that end up in, in SEO, it's uh, not really a planned move, but when I moved to Argentina, the plan uh, was just to stay for, for a few months or that's what, what I had budgeted for. And I always had that concern to, you know, I was just starting to make some important contacts in journalism. I, I could reach out to people in different newsrooms and, and get something uh, going in, in different places. So I was, you know, I'm, I'm getting to the scene here. So I didn't want to stay far for for too long because you know there will be new people coming all the time but the you know the the owner of that spanish school studied or it, it was a very well, well connected in in argentina so he put me in touch with uh, we went to play football with some directors at a an ota that it was the biggest one in south america at the time and they were like oh yeah sure they, they got me an interview so I did an interview, got a job at a company called despegar.com. And then I started doing my steps in SEO. But that was the moment that I realized that the two things that I had studied in life were connected with SEO. So I did journalism school and in high school, I also, I studied high school slash IT. So I knew a little bit of how to build a website or how to fix computers and, and things in that universe, reading the, you know, getting the first, you know, introduction to SEO or the beginner's guide from us and looking at, oh, I can read the HTML code. Oh, this is connected with the stuff that I'm writing. I, I need to get links. I've been on the other side. I know how to pitch a story to a journalist. I know all the bad press releases that I get all the time, or I would get calls from, you know, from press people, from how do you call it, from public relations people and stuff like that. So for me, it was, those are the two things that I studied in life connected in one place, I can still write, I can still, you know, create stories, but I also understand what's the value on the other side, which was, you know, mind blowing for me to realize that I, I could put those two things together. You have been in SEO for a few years now. What is after your experience, after different kind of experiences in, uh, again, in journalism in different countries and so on, what's your at the moment, what's your uh, favorite element or area SEO that you... Yeah, I think that every, I don't know, every six months that that, that changes. I had, a, for many, many years, I was, the, you know, links were, were my expertise. Once I started working in the agency, I started seeing other areas that I could also, you know, be, be in, in the front of it. So I think at some point, technical became something very exciting. And then local SEO became a huge thing uh, for me as well. I kind of would see, you know, the, the people that are working with me and things that clients were asking for. And I would look around, is there anybody here that is it's a specialist on this? If there was none, I was like, this is my new favorite thing now because there's nobody else around me that can, you know, give me a, a very strong answer on, on this or that topic. The way to learn a new thing from scratch and to without uh, a proper mentor or something like that just to learn from scratch on your own a challenge yeah yeah, yeah. i i think that was the it, it was part of was the challenge and part was the need because let's say you know at wolfgang we would have at least for for every seo client you have two people and i realized in some accounts i would i would be in the the senior one 
So I'll be the responsible to find the answer for that thing. So if a client, you know, couldn't get an answer, if they weren't happy about something, I'll be the first person that, you know, my boss would come and ask what's what's going on here. So I knew that I, I need to have those answers. And so it was the challenge, but it was also the, the need at the same time. I think now what excites me the most is strategy. After many years, you know how I, I think often SEOs can just get too excited with the next shiny thing that we are doing or, you know, Core Web Vitals is a thing now or last year was a structured data or Oh, crawl budget, you know, we have all, all of those things that, that are important and, and very exciting. But if I'm talking with, you know, a chain of hotels or, business know, you know, a, a business owner, um, they don't really care about that, that stuff. And you, you're not going to keep them to show like, look, on, you know, this is loading faster. Look at the scores you're getting. It's like, okay, that's great. How many bookings do I have? So I think for me changing to, not, not changing, but Probably over the last year or so, I was a lot less hands-on and uh, a lot more just looking at the strategy and trying to make sure that we are delivering what, what the client needs more than, you know, the things that excite us as SEOs. So strategy is probably the thing that, that excites me the most these days, talking with everybody, you know, on the other side, on, on the client side to explain why we're doing something, how long it takes, and translate that into a language that matters for them. Achieving their business goal through different strategies or tactics and, and so on. Exactly, exactly. Sometimes you're not even, you know, achieving something straight away, but you're the fact that you're explaining how this is, you know, going to help them in, in that direction, that is, that is part of the process as well. So let's say, you know, you, you're creating content that, that is under a niche. You know, what they care the most is about leads. They're not getting leads, but look, you know, this helps people to understand what you do. This is helping the, you know, creating ideas around your, your niche. And then you can maybe explain a bit of EAT or, or things like that. But you're, you know, even if it's a matter to show, look, you started ranking for, for those terms in page one, or you have a feature snippet or, and you, you know, put around, this is how many searches happen a month on this. And it, we are growing from this page, you're linking to your, you know, lead gen page or, or something that it translates into them, you know, things that matter or that you're at least approaching or getting closer to where you need to be. You, you say that you, you focused on this, on the strategy side of the work, uh, mostly during the last year. Without, of course, without mentioning cl specific clients and so on, did you have any, well, bigger challenge than uh, you expect or what, how did you overcome on, on something? Sometimes clients could be very specific about their uh, KPIs, their, their language, you need to, to, to adapt what they want to the, the website and deliver and provide them with a realistic expectations rather than, yeah, we can do whatever you want because sometimes it's not possible. It's not possible now. You need to work. Or something else sure so i think I, I have a few examples let me think i i worked i was working with a, with a client it, it's an e-commerce so it, it's a it's a how do i describe without giving their name it's an e-commerce on custom-made uh, things so sort of like uh they they do all kinds of uh, printing materials kind of i think Vistaprint is one of their competitors, but it, you know, it doesn't really matter. We were creating content for, for some of their users pages. So they had examples, let's say they sell stickers. So they, they would have a page on, you know, laptop stickers or, you know, car stickers and, and stuff like that. And as we started creating that content, 
we, you know, SEOs here, you know, there's a keyword research for this, you know, there are content we can explain, we can put the FAQs on the, you know, answering how, how long they last or the quality and, and stuff like that. So we, we made a few pages and the CEO jumped on, on the project management to conversation to say, this is SEO spam. I don't care about this. I don't need to pay an agency, an agency to do that. We don't think we were doing, you know, spam, uh, spam at all. There was a, you know, a reason and we were explaining more things about the product, things that actually had search volume around that at the moment they were answering on some blog pages. So we thought there was a value, but getting, you know, a message coming from, from the CEO that someone that you, we never spoke with going straight to, I'm really unhappy with this. It was okay. This red flag. So if someone that really on the top of, of this doesn't want what, what we do, we're going to lose this guys. How can you fix this? So initially we were just suggesting coming with, you know, let's optimize those pages and they accepted, but they weren't really happy with this. So we, we changed this in, in two ways. One was we put a, how do you call it, an SEO potential per page sheet, where instead of looking at the rankings they had for certain keywords, we looked at the rankings across all the markets and the potential per page. So they could see in one place, okay, you know, for this keyword or this page, we are doing bad in four markets and more or less in one. So they could make their choice looking at you know five different countries at, at the same time so instead of us suggesting the pages to to optimize we let them choose and the second we put together a sheet where we would limit the you know the blocks of text on on the page to say currently you have let's say 100 characters here we are not going to go over 110 so giving them the sheet before making the content and saying this is the process that we have it's not going to go over this. If it's going over, you'll see there's a red button or and a column on the reason why we are adding this, you know, put them at ease that we weren't creating a spam content on, on their words, but we are keeping the format and the principles that they wanted to have. They wanted to have uh, lean pages where they highlight a few things about the products, not a lot of text, not a, a page that you're going to scroll for too much. And you know, that that's the problem. Uh, went away since since then there was no other conversation about you know the quality of what we were doing or if you know that problem basically went away and uh, I, I think we addressed that really well yeah you provide them with uh, all the information that needed to take information inform relevant decision exactly yeah so instead of you know i i not even tried to question the if it was a spam or not, because that's his view and he runs the company, he knows what they want to do. I'm not on the other side. I didn't create the product that wasn't there for years to develop that company. So instead of, you know, fighting on a definition of how we see things, you know, we need to go yeah. uh, your way because ultimately this is, you know, this is your company. We work for you. Yeah, exactly. And uh, do you have a project that you're really proud of or a compliment that for your work to you? That you had yeah, I think I have two in mind. First, I'm really proud because both of them got awards. So the first one was with Dublin Airport. Um, you know, in TLDR, it was a migration. But, you know, the long story was the project got delayed for several reasons before it got into our hands. 
And it was a migration that only happened like during summertime, which is the moment that the airport is the, the busiest time at the year for the airport. So they make a lot of money uh, through parking and a lot of people, you know, look for information about their flights and stuff like that. So there was, you know, risk of having a lot of people really mad and happy about what we were doing. And I'm really happy that everything, you know, went uh, quite well. Even some competitors they, they had in, in, I know it's an airport, but, you know, parking lots around the airport, they have many. So they even managed to increase a lot of, a lot of rankings and a lot of people just booking their parking spots with the airport as well. So I think that worked really well. And the second one is one we did with the modern hotels. We also won first one, Dublin airport. We won drum search awards and Maldrum won a drum search awards and Irish content marketing awards as well. But the one with Maldrum. There were a lot of elements, but the one that I really, I don't know if this was the reason why I got an award or how much, you know, how important this was, but I really enjoyed one thing that we did, which was after noticing that all sorts of keywords like at hotels in Dublin and, you know, those, those broad ones would always be nominated by OTA. So the likes of Booking and Expedia would always be make the top 10, which it does make sense because, you know, if you're looking for a range of hotels, Google's not going to give a specific one. It's going to give you a list of where you can find all of the hotels. So I started looking at secondary keywords around. So the, the likes of hotels near places, and I could just have created, you know, pages for all of them, but we, we connected with the Google maps API to see how far each hotel was from each attraction we wanted to, to write about. And then if there were several hotels, that would be a match. We created one page simulating like when an OTA would do and talking about the location and, and stuff like that. But I think using the API to match how far an attraction was for the distance between the hotel and, and the attraction, I think there was something that was uh, clever and very nice uh, to do as well. And that's something you can replicate over for, you know, basically anywhere in the world. Yeah, and other clients, other also other kind of clients. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Like it's it's a tool that that we built um, internally. So you know, any other client or any other situation that you would need something like this, it's you know easy enough to to update it. We met at Learning Bound in Dublin. You were volunteering with Mark, and you probably met quite a bit of people that helped you with uh, your career in some ways. What was your experience? there and what did you learn yeah i think learning bound was very important for for my career when i moved to ireland first i, I came before i actually moved here i came for learning bound and met a few people in, in different places just to kind of you know see how how big was the the, the marketing opportunities here and and i even the first learning bound that i attended i just came as a, as a guest and I started talk with Mark before the, the event. And he was like, oh, why don't you come along with us for, for dinner after the event? And I think from that day, it, it was really important to me. Mark mentioned, you know, I know people in, in agencies in, in Dublin. So if you decide to move, I can give you a hand and introduce you to some people. I met Barry Adams that day as well. And then I think soon after that, he invited me to write for a state of digital. So there was, you know, the first few people that I met outside my, you know, pretty much outside the, the group, the, the people that I worked with. So it, it was very interesting to, you know, starting meeting other people and realizing after a while, like, oh, those are, you know, putting names to faces and uh, seeing the people that I only knew online suddenly was, you know, having dinner with them. 
And so that was, you know, very interesting to pick their brains in all sorts of different situations. Yeah, that's cool. How do you describe what you just said, your work, working with uh, different companies, SEO, accountant, backlinks, uh, and so on, to your parents, and how they would describe you, uh, what you do to their friends? I think, yeah, it was, that was a very complicated question. I, I think I, I gave up explaining to my parents, or they gave up asking uh, a few years ago, but I, I would talk a lot about, you know, at the start, oh, this is how Google works, and there's a paid version and we tried to convince Google this page is the best. I'm not sure if they would always get it, but the one moment that I, I think I managed to explain this to, to my mom and she saw in action was she was reviewing a place on, on Google Maps and accidentally she put her phone number as the phone number of the this restaurant. So she kept getting calls for, for months until one day she just mentions to me, it's like, oh, you know, I keep getting calls from this. People are trying to reach this Italian restaurant uh, in the city, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, mom, I can fix this. <laughs> Sadly, it wasn't that straightforward as just go on Google Maps and change the phone number. That was my first guess, the, the obvious one. But then doing a little bit, bit of more research, they had one phone number on TripAdvisor. They had a different one on Facebook. So I had to go and change all of those and, you know, keep, keep requesting Google to change and find in, in other places. After, I think, a couple of months, Google finally accepted the change, but she kept getting calls for, for a little while. I think well, the, 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 funny, the funny answer they usually would get was actually from my friends, because when I told them that I was moving to, to Amsterdam and I was doing this SEO thing where you, you do all these things with links, they were just, yeah, 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 sure. You were going there to laundry money. So they were, oh, okay, wow. this is too complex. We want to make fun of you instead. Uh, so for, for many years, that's what I heard from my friends. Okay, cool. That's, I don't know how I would, I would take that, but yeah, cool. <laughs> it's like, I'm sure everything I'm doing is legal. It's all good. But they, you know, I guess they just wanted to mock me. You have been speaking for several several SEO events like Pinside Marketing with a Learning Bound, Bristol SEO, Cardiff SEO, a Digital PR Summit, and others. And you are also a contributor of magazines like Botstream, Stephen Digital, just a couple. How do you land these? How did you pitch? How did you land these events and the writing as well? Because your native language is not English and these events are in English. And the publication in English. I relate myself this thing. I, I can feel that sometimes it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to to be there to uh, approach a different kind of audience that you would expect, or to just just from the accent to how you feel and you the 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 kind of work you have to put in place. Because uh, given that it's not your native language, you need to uh, reframe a few uh, a few sentences. How did you land there, and how do you eventually overcome potential fears, potential not good enough moments. Yeah, sure. So I think for me, the, the speaking part, it was mostly about seeing all the people that I really follow in the industry and seeing that's what they do. So I, for me, was I kind of want to, you know, I want to be like them. I want to be as important as uh, those people are not, not as important. I don't know. I think it was... It was just an inspiration to see, you know, the really good people in in SEO, the people that I trust, they're often speakers. So 
if I want to be, you know, a trusted person, I should be on stage as well. The first one I had was a pint-sized Martin after annoying Mark quite a lot. He gave me a slot and, and I was very, very nervous at first. I, I can't, I, I rehearsed countless times and, but I think it went well. And at the end of it, I got such a relief, but I also got a huge buzz out of it. You know, people come talk to you, they have all sorts of questions. And even if you don't know how to answer, you can, you know, give them a direction or, you know, I, I, I felt very, very excited. Maybe it's even connected with my back in the days as being a music journalist that, you know, being part of being part of this, all this buzz for me was like, I'm finally on stage. I was never a musician, but this is the as close as, as close as I can get. And it was very exciting. So I decided to just keep pitching for other events. So I started looking at what are the other, you know, small events that are happening not too far from me. There were, you know, a couple of more in Dublin, then Bristol SEO, Cardiff SEO. So I just started going through, you know, other places that I, that I could. Wolfgang helped me at some point as well. You know, the agency has lo loads of contacts. So they started booking some some bigger events. So the the big ones that I, that I spoke at, uh, Tree, uh, 3XC, yeah, 3XC, and uh, Wolfgang Essentials, which I think was my, my biggest one. So, and then you start getting more excited. So you be like, I, I want to keep doing that. And I think it helps a lot to put your ideas in, you know, put a, a thought process from start to end, because sometimes you know something in your head, but once you have to, you know, find the detail or prove that this is the, the right thing to do, it requires a lot of research as well so i think ultimately even putting the decks together i learned a lot as well great and what about the language part how do you how do you deal with that did you well did you have any fear about that or just you let's go and let, let's see how it works i think on the writing side i i had to i had to prove quite a lot i would hear from people in different places that you know what i was writing was was uh, grammatically grammatically incorrect so i would just sit with people and ask like point me where this is wrong and i would learn a, a bit that way and i would also learn a bit just by you know after you start listening people saying things in a certain way you're like the way i say it's it's not really this way and then you start fine-tuning things so i think that's that was the the main thing for me on the speaking part it wasn't really too concerned about it because you know it's so quick when you're speaking it's not a I mean, we're going to have a recording of this. So if someone wants to point my mistakes, they will easily find it. But if you're on, on stage, I think it goes a little bit quicker. So, you know, it, I, I think you can, you, you can pass some mistakes and, and it's still fine. But I think seeing people that were not native speakers, native English speakers on stage, that helped me quite a lot as well. So I remember... When I met uh, Aleida Solis, I think it was in Brighton SEO, and I, I just happened to be uh, with a group of people that were going for, for dinner. And I just tag along with that group. It's like, oh, this is Aleida here. And once we, we sat for dinner, I, I remember telling her that she was a huge inspiration for being a, you know, a non-native uh, English speaker, just killing on, on this world. But I think just seeing other people that have some sort of similar background as me like she she's from latin america as well and so all, all these things would you know give me some some more hope or keep me you know feeling that you know they can do it i think i can do as well 
So, you know, it's just a try mistake, really. Just keep doing it. You know, you, you're gonna you're gonna commit mistakes, it's fine. But if you don't don't start doing, you know, you're never gonna get there. Fair enough. What's your favorite topic you have been talking about or you wrote about? I think something that I I I'm not the best at, but I really enjoy doing it these days is digital PR. I think I I have that that background and I believe a lot in the stories that that I put out there. Sometimes they work, sometimes they they don't work, but I'm really excited about the the topic that I that I presented at the Digital PR Summit a few months ago. And I was talking about how to create digital PR stories using Screaming Frog. I thought it was, you know, it's a, it was a new way to use Screaming Frog or to use a crawler. And the stories worked well. They, they got links and I, I think the story itself was very interesting. So there were two cases. One, I was scraping a fundraising platform to see what kind of sports people were doing to uh, raise money for COVID-related causes. And the other one was on, I also used Dublin Airport to see the things that people lose at the airport. They had a page with uh, all the items that, that people lost there. So I, I scraped. Uh, uh, sorry, this, this was a kind of a personal experience, if I don't remember wrong. Yeah, that was a personal experience. So I, I was coming back from, from Italy and I lost my Kindle in some airport and I went to, I was hoping that I could find it back. So I started looking at the, you know, all the airport websites to see if they had a list or at least how I could get in touch with them. Nothing in Italy, nothing in Holland, nothing in, in Ireland. So couldn't find my Kindle, but at the Dublin airport website, I found this list where they would list all the items that the people had lost. So I basically scraped that and organized in a, in a format that it would be more comprehensive and you know that that's how we got that story there and i really like you know the uh, for me it was it was a different way to use the crawler to to build something new and it you know we got some some nice coverage from all all places around uh, dublin or like irish publications and it's something very helpful i suppose that's a story that it, it can run you know every year when we can travel again, but that's something that, you know, it's very, you can replicate this at any other airport that has a list, or even if the airport is looking for some PR, that's something easy for them to do as well. Do you have any advice how to approach this to our listeners, but to me as well, because this is, again, this is one of the topics that I'm trying to go into more because it's, it's a key point of the SEO work. And it's the digital, especially the digital PR part is, could be an interesting approach because you, you deal with people. Yeah, I, I think for me, and that's something that I've, I've tried to, you know, support the, the team that, that we had at Wolfgang a lot on this is I, I like to start small on on links you know you don't need a lot of budget to to do a campaign and I, i've seen countless cases of you know people doing with a small uh, small amount of money or even no money i really like the approach that stacy mcnaught does it i remember i remember very vividly a story that she presented at pine size at, at the learning bound once where i think it was it was a, a clothing shop and they put a piece on find the ballerina in a sea of flamingos and it was an image so a lot of you know publications were just can you find it this and this this piece was built by by these guys and it was a simple thing probably these days you would think more about the 
you know, what's the content? How is this related to the brand? It, it was related. It was a brand that, uh, that I think the, it was an e-commerce for ballerinas. So there, there was a tie into the topic. But I think for me, it's usually, you know, can you build something that is that is useful or something that it's, you know, fun and easy enough for journalists to write about? Something that doesn't have right or wrong. You know, if you want to say, what are the, you know, the most Instagrammed beaches in the world? That, that's an easy, it's a light read. So even if, you know, turns out the beach was in the third place, was the second one, doesn't really matter that much unless, you know, if you're looking for something that is more, you know, the medical world or something that is, it can affect people on, on a stronger way, then, then of course you, you can do something that, that's small and simple. But I usually try to, my, my general advice is just start small. There are things that you can do with no, with small or no budget you know, surveys, most Instagram, something, things that people lose at the airport that was made with no, no budget other than my time. Anything that is on most popular on Instagram, it's not nothing but time. So I think that's, that's my, my advice. You know, is there something real that your company is releasing? I worked with a self-storage company that they were opening a new location. Perfect. That's, that's a press release there. There was another one for the same guys that they noticed there was a trend of last year. A lot of people that were just flying back to their home countries for a few months, they didn't want to uh, pay rent in Dublin, which is very expensive. So they had an influx of expats just using their services. So here's the story expats who are potentially leaving the country during summer because they don't want to you know, they want to go back to, to their home countries for a little bit. They're using self-storage. So there was, there was a, you know, a small story that you could, that you could create there without spending any money. And as you see what, what's working, what, you know, the publications on, in your area or in your niche are interested on, then you can move towards, you know, oh, I need a, you know, a fancy creative or I need a, something, a game or, or something that it's a lot more expensive. Also, because if it doesn't work as you hoped, you're not, you, you're not going to have that odd conversation on, you know, yeah. here's this 10 grand, where did, where, where did it go? Yeah. Basically you're saying identify who's your audience and find a hook that can be helpful to them. Exactly, exactly. So, but I think if you just do once in a while, you don't really get that well. That's something that you need, you know, to continuously keep doing it and get familiar with the publications as well. There were some places that, some news places that I, after doing a few campaigns, I realized, oh, they actually tell a lot of things that I'm interested in. So I just continue reading them and as part of my, you know, daily news sources. And it, it helps me to get better into pitching them in the future as well. Do you have anyone specific that you want to thank for your speaking uh, gigs or if your work in SEO, people that you feel that helps you more than others uh, in this uh, field? Yeah, I think back in the days, Rand Fishkin was my main source, my main you know reference. I remember in the first two, three years of SEO, just finishing the week very tired. And I would finish my week watching Whiteboard Friday. And by, by that moment, I was already, you know, re-energized. I don't follow him that much uh, these days anymore. I really like his book. And I, I read some of the stuff he does, but I, I think I get information from a lot of other people now as well. But for, for many years, you know, he would help me to be, to have that critical thinking 
and you know look look for clues to even if I just want to prove a point, what are all the clues that are you know that I can find to to piece this together? So he was he was definitely my my hero for for quite some time. I think these days I get information from quite a lot of different people, so I don't have a one uh, go-to person that is my my big reference but you know there there are many people out there that i that i really like really like giselle navarro from you know link related stuff i've been following a lot of the the things from digilofts and rise at seven as well and so yeah i think those are there there are many many others uh, but those are some of the ones that come to my mind now we are getting to the end. What's your focus at the moment? I know that you're starting a new position, so probably that's the, the main focus. Yeah, you're right. I am very, very excited to start a teamwork this this week. So I, I think that's where my mind is. That's where my mind has been for the last few weeks. I've been already putting together the list of tools that I'm going to need or you know, preparing my setup for for the office and all the kind of stuff, trying to, you know, think more on on this this universe i think the the sas universe is going to be a new thing for me i, I worked with clients on on this universe before but now i'm very excited with i i think i'm coming from the agency mindset of i have 10 clients and now i'm like i have just one client can you imagine having 40 hours a week just for one client that all the things that it can do so i'm i'm very excited about that i'm excited as well to go back you know hands on because i think for the last, you know, year and a half, two years being a, a client lead, or that's how we'd call it Wolfgang, but an account manager, you're mostly looking to, you know, this, the strategy uh, side of things, but you're not actually hands-on on, on anything. So I'll, I'll have to do both again, you know, get a, how, how can I make that our team there grow, how we can, you know, get more, more leads and more people using teamwork as well. So I, I think my mind is, I'm shifting on towards the, that direction over, over the last few weeks. What do you do when you don't work? Just just be more relaxed on to enjoy your time. Pre-pandemic, probably I would be dancing some techno house music somewhere almost every weekend. Those days are long gone. So I think these days I've been spending a lot of time doing puzzles. I bought a PlayStation thing. You know, I think the last video game I had before this was a Nintendo Wii before I moved to Europe. So I've been, you know, playing a lot of games like Rider and also playing some FIFA as well and trying to read a little bit more uh, as well. Yeah, cool. Okay, who do you think the next uh, guest of this episode should be? Cool, so I would like to suggest two people and you have them if you find that there's a fit. Both of them are also expats. So first one is Serena Nika. She is a really good at, she, she runs a, a, a program called Surround Sound at HubSpot that is very nice. I, I think the way I understand that this is not, uh, it's a, let's not get one position at Google, let's get all positions, but she can tell you the detail and how that works. And someone else that I really admire in the SEO slash link building industry is an Argentinian girl called Giselle Navarro. So I think both of them, you know, they're both expats that are doing really well in the in the digital marketing world and um, so i think they will they would be a fit for for this as well where where uh, can our listeners 
connect with you online? Sure. So I have my website that I've been working on over the last few weeks now that I, I had a whole week free, which is set.it. You can also find me on Twitter slash Pelogia or on, on LinkedIn. I think Twitter is probably the place that I, that I hang out the most and, you know, talking about digital marketing, but all of these uh, will be places that you can find me. Perfect. Yes. Uh, thank you for your time and uh, enjoy your new role that starts tomorrow. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I can't wait. <laughs> okay. Goodbye. And our listeners, we'll see you in the next uh, few days, weeks, I hope. Will not be uh, be quicker for the next episode. Okay. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Sounds good.